Welcome back to Do Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite interdimensional radio station. The end is nigh, a prophecy foretold and apocalypse inevitable. But not if the Do Patrol has anything to say about it. This ragtag motley crew of heroes, gathered together by a wheelchair-bound mentor, will defend the world from evil. This is Do Patrol Radio. Welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio, your favorite podcast this side of the painting. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. And for once, that intro makes sense thanks to today's episode. Today we're going to be talking about, all about, Doom Patrol episode 15, Ezekiel Patrol, which is the season one finale of a TV show called Doom Patrol. Yeah, are we finally are we on the same page that um um our our ideas and our vision are now um one verified? Oh, verified? Validated? Validated. Validated. Completed. Successful. Prof- Successful is a good word. Yeah. You were going to say profitable? I was <laughs> profitable in the sense of like I achieved something in the f- I sense guess accomplished, of the, uh, FCA. you would say. It's very weird. You know, this is a this is season finale of a TV show that exists. And I guess that's kind of weird cuz we've been talking about Doom Patrol for a while now. Uh and Yeah, we, but it's uh the first time we've we've done a we've done a TV show too. It's the first time we've done a podcast. We've done movies. About, yeah, we've we've talked about movies on a podcast. And movies have like a definitive ending. Yeah. And it's Well, yeah. it's not like not to say that shows don't have a definitive ending, but It's like but it was like an event. And then we talk about that movie, and then we're like, and then we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a TV show where this is season one. Uh, Hopefully, many. Yeah, one of many. And then we get to t- not only did we talk about one season, but we talked about them individually by each episode. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's another thing about talking about the DC movies is we've had time to see them in theaters, see them multiple times, see them in DVD, have conversations with other people. This TV show, this Doom Patrol, we've watched the episode and then gone to immediate, like, we don't talk to each other about the episode, even though we watch it together. And then we get on mic and then we talk about it. And it's like... I don't even look at you when it's on. Repulsed. (laughs) We watch it in separate rooms. Yeah. Separate breads. I make you watch it on your little dinky iPhone. (laughs) It's like, no, I get to watch it on the TV. No, I get the broadband. Yeah. So... We get to have the conversation very fresh for the first time on on microphone, and we get to like put it out there, and people seem to react very positively to what we had to say. So thank you, it, people. It's, it's just been an incredible experience to discover something for the first time, and then talk about it, and then it's been such a trip. It's been a, it's been abs- incredible f- um, coming off of uh, just like super fandom from the series, yeah, and thinking that. Um, not thinking that a thing like a like a television show on the streaming service would be possible. You know, it's it's going to sound very on brand for the TV show as well, but it's it's kind of been like uh, incredible that you find out you're not alone in loving mm-hmm. Doom Patrol because mm-hmm. we've we talked amongst ourselves about Doom Patrol and um, mm-hmm. maybe 
some friends within our circle, but never to the point where we're putting episodes out yeah. and people are hitting back to us going, oh, uh, man, I love Doom Patrol. Like, yeah. Either I've been reading it for a very long time or I'm, I'm learning about it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let me tell you, not once. I worked in a comic book store, three years. Mm-hmm. Not once did anybody ask me about Doom Patrol. I'm sure I've recommended it to people, but I could not tell you a time where I had a conversation about it with anybody else where someone mm-hmm. actually bought the comic and was like, awesome, this is good. I was the only subscription to the new Gerard Way one when it was coming out at my shop. You're so the, uh, I was the only one that was getting the Doom Patrol. Was the yeah, I was the only one that yeah. was buying them. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so like the fact that we can now, you know, scream into the void mm-hmm. and people are screaming back that they're on board with it. It's just so welcoming. It's a... Uh, Going back to the validation point, it's valid. My fandom seems validated now, yeah. which is a terrible thing to say because your fandom, you don't need to seek validation for a fandom. Like what you like. I'm glad but, you're aware of that. Yeah, thank you. Very progressive over here, Mark. <laughs> and, but I'm still like, it, I still feel good that this is just coming from just a, a fan of the wacky, weird, fucking ridiculous comic book, just an acid trip style. And then other people showing, like, hey, this is the best comic book uh, show ever. And I'm like, yep, yeah, you guys, come on. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even have it. This is coming from just a fan. Just mm-hmm. a fan talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that because it could have easily been, uh, first of all, just non-existent. But mm-hmm. uh, as well, it could have just been bad. Remember when we were doing this podcast, we yep. talked about it. You asked that question and you said, what if this show is bad? And I said, I guess we're going to have to be talking about it each episode about why it's bad no, I, and how I'd, it could have been better. I didn't have any down thoughts about the show, but my question was, God forbid there's just a bad episode. And yeah. then we're stuck dealing with talking about a bad episode. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Things like that. I, I'm sure at a certain point of level of fandom, there is no such thing as a bad episode. But hey, man, take Game of Thrones. Well, also, it could go the other way where in some people's mind... It's just not good enough. Yeah. And we've, we get that with DC movies where a movie could be very bad subjectively or very good subjectively. Mm-hmm. And there are people who will like die on those flags of like, it's bad. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. And like they'll have that conversation forever. And I don't hear that about this Doom Patrol TV show. I think they say like, it's it's just good yeah i never saw any like bad thoughts or like twitter arguments or anything yeah about it um you know but this this kind of makes me think of a thing that i was at a meeting for the radio station at one point and they were telling us about you know going through like the normal ground rules of the newcomers that were coming in yada 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 for this tv show or just no for the radio show oh um and um they were talking about like the FCC and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, okay, so like people that are doing, you know, free Harbor stuff like that, you can free Harbor means what it means. And you're allowed to play whatever it is within reason. But then there was another, there was like a little asterisk that the FCC kind of tacks onto it. And it's like, they will cite you for playing something that they don't deem like listenable. How do, do you know what I'm trying oh, to say? Oh, I get like, you. I they, get like you. if you were to put on, I don't know, Gregorian chants or something was, like that. I was going to say, like, the <clears throat> national anthem of the USSR or something. Ooh. Like I saying, don't know if th- that might be... Like you can't play country <laughs> anthems. No, that mu- yeah, that's probably something further on down the line. But, like, anything that they deem, like, that's just, like, that's not music. It can yeah. be someone screaming or farting into the microphone or whatever. Some people say, like, it's music. Anyway. 
And then I raised, <laughs> I, this, I raised my hand music. in this meeting, and I was like, <clears throat> yeah, um, that's a real rule. Isn't that subjective? And the guy was just like, uh-huh. And that was it. <laughs> it's just like an accepted thing. It was just like, you know, you just they just make up these rules. So, like, the, uh, the idea of having something, like, subjective um, or non-subjective mm-hmm. is, like, that's just a thin line. Mm-hmm. And where was I going with this? Oh, just, like, how you could view the show as, like, sure. good or bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Subjective. And, like, a company like the FCC, they're, like, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. And, like the, and, like, the last season of Game of Thrones is what you were saying is, like, that yes. was subjective where it was, like, yeah. you either loved it or you hated it. And then, or some people were just like, well, I wanted to love it, but it wasn't that great. So there was definitely like a gray area yeah. between this whole last season of Game of Thrones. And we haven't had that with this season of Doom Patrol. I know some people were maybe like, this isn't the best episode of the season, mm-hmm. but there was always something. Um, and, and we had those moments too, where it was like, um, like, okay, maybe it wasn't the strongest episode of the season, but that's because there were other episodes that yeah. were just, like, top tier. What was the one episode where I, I, I remember saying that I didn't like it as much as I liked the D-Creator stuff? There was, I remember, like... Oh, you uh, you said <clears throat> that stupid for staunch the movie. Doom Patrol Patrol. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's because of, like, and, yeah, we, we had that, just gotten off the heels of, like, this crazy... Yeah, like, and, like from page to screen storyline that was just knocking my socks off. Yeah, and, <clears> like, this, um, I, like, this whole season of Doom Patrol hasn't been one flavor. It hasn't been one note where, mm-hmm. where it's kind of, like, formulaic. Like, this Doom Patrol season, what I think the writers have done so well is, like... Pretty much they had writers who were like, today's episode is written by mm-hmm. so-and-so. And, like, each writer, like, just follow... If you guys don't already, you should be following Room Patrol, which is the writers of Doom Patrol on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can get, like, all, like, just really connect with them because it's it's just a talented group. BTS shit, yeah. guys. And... And, behind the scenes for those that and don't. Just, you get their love the and passion for it as well. Like when they talk about the episode. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's like... And damn. they're engaging. Hey, I got a... I, got, I, I, I had a little bit of a conversation. Yeah. It's like sometimes you just want to thank them specifically and not mm-hmm. just, you know, like, oh, thank you DC or thank yeah. you, you know, Jeff Johns, whoever you want to thank uh, for creating Doom Patrol TV show. But it's like, these writers, they get these standout, mm-hmm. basically solo performances. They're for each people episode. too. Yeah, and they're like writing solo performances. Their, I like that you said that. They're like writing their heart out for each episode, mm-hmm. um, and so like today, and then and they all have to make it fit within the puzzle of the entire series, which I think they did flawlessly. Yeah, fucking flawless. There was no loose ends. There was no anything. There was a couple like ending to episodes where we were like. Wait, hang on, what's this? But they were eventually all explained. In today's episode. In, usually in today's episode. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the big two in today's episode. I think, yeah, everything that we were kind of like, oh, are they like, going to talk about this or like what happened with that? It's like, it kind of gets wrapped up all in this episode. How long was that last episode? Just an hour? I think they're all like an hour, like 50. That one seemed 50, like it was like... 54 minutes. That one seemed a little, that See, one seemed I don't, a little longer. This was my question... Um, yeah, we're about like fifty-four minutes, and so that—that that was my question about um, the, streaming shows on you know on the internet. Where there's what's that? <laughs> it's like 
normally you had your your shows that were like okay it's like a 47 minute show for television because of commercials and everything and i was like do tv shows quote unquote tv shows streaming shows streamed internet shows do they have to f- still follow that rule of like we it's got to be good enough for commercials i'm like it's going on netflix who cares how long each episode is one there was one episode of oa that was like 22 minutes long but then there was one that was like an hour and 30 mm-hmm. it's like they should be allowed to be like that and i don't know i've always had that question with like the dc shows and just i think it's different i mean i'm sure it comes down to like the studio thing and all yeah. these and all all, all of there these things there has to be some leeway where they go like oh yeah sure oh yeah season it, finale is going to be an hour and a half okay or just like the editing process when it came down to like uh, what a finished show episode looked like they were just like Okay, so it's a little over 50 minutes. That's cool. Like, no one's saying, like, wow, it's two hours long. It's like when they, they came out with the extended Hateful Eight for Netflix, where they're four episodes and they're, like, 56 minutes each. Yeah, because each. they're no longer constrained by movie theater, yeah. like, stamina, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh. It's a fucking four-hour movie. Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, you, no one's going to sit through that. Like, just cut it down to three hours and put it in a, in a cinema. Mm-hmm. And see, that's where, like, cinema starts to fall short. Uh, and that's what we talked about with DC movies is with DC movies compared to TV shows, Doom Patrol would not live as a DC movie. And, and I think be yeah. as successful as it was. Yeah. I think had this been a, a movie, this would have been probably been like, this is just a weird X-Men movie. Like people really wouldn't have gotten mm-hmm. the characters and we wouldn't have had time to really <laughs> get with the characters. Larry Trainer and Rita Farr's, a lot of Char- things would get lost in translation. Character development would get lost. The Big Apple. You introduce Crazy Jane, you would never be able to get cover coverage of all those personalities, how they interact with each other. It would just be like, she has multiple personality disorder, mm-hmm. and each one has a meta power. When she starts doing something weird, just be like, it's another personality. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's like, no, it sucks. You don't get it. It's But then you... No one's going to sit through a three-hour movie of a superhero team that they don't know about. It had it would have to be like a two-hour, 30-minute film tops. And even then, there were like criticisms uh, for characters like Aquaman with his movie for having a movie that long. And it's like, yeah, but we're, we're setting up... Aquaman was criticized for its time? Yeah, two and a half hours. It was because it's... it's it, when you think about... Was it like, the how can you make an Aquaman movie last two and a half hours? Yes, exactly. Tell those people to go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, get out. Nate, I'm so glad you're not connected to the internet. Like oh, I yeah. I like, being, <laughs> I like being secluded. Um, I like hearing all my news from you. But, uh, so, yeah, today we're going to be talking about Ezekiel Patrol. Sorry for our long uh, soapbox about this show and this uh, uh, podcast. But we're going to be talking about Ezekiel Patrol today, which is basically... It starts with this another phenomenal recap for the episode where this ep- this recap for this episode was narrated by Mr. Nobody and done so in a way that wraps up the whole show again kind of like last week's recap mm-hmm. um but this one was done with some sort of uh po- poetic like yeah, it was like a little sonnet or something yeah it, it had like sonnet a little- is that right I should know it, this it, it, it what is it? A B A B A B 
uh, A B. I can't do it. A B A B C D C D E E F F. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sonnet. So this wasn't a sonnet. It's more like a just a, maybe I, it's just a rhyme. And yeah, and yeah, nursery he rhyme. does like yeah, just a bit of a little um, a little poem, a little fable, mm-hmm. if you will, um, poetic storytelling, and he does a great job of it. And I enjoyed revisiting the whole synopsis through that kind of poem. So any chance um, that they kind of go, oh, yeah, Mr. Nobody can literally do anything. Let's get super theatrical with it. I'm always like, yes, because that's who that guy is. He's been nothing but this eccentric theatrical person. And it's been such a thrill ride to have Alan Tudyk kind of voice that character. Um, I think it's something else we we spoke about as casting was being announced for the show and everything was the casting has been on point on through point. and even when we're like wow thank god they were casted it's like no what they're doing is performances that i am so happy about um even timothy dalton yeah timothy dalton like it's not to me it's not timothy dalton i just see like a fragile person and usually timothy dalton's not that kind of person yeah so um, i'm, I'm uh, this is me kind of just a little <clears throat> i noticed today in the final episode that niles's wardrobe is just uh interesting to me it's all over the place he's, isn't yeah, it? it's Sometimes like, a, I can't... like a mick jagger or something like he's got the scarves and the and the bangles what yeah, are they called yeah Brace, like little uh, bracelets bracelets like, yeah leather bracelets and everything um I mean, they got the candy part. You remember that one episode when he came back? It was just in like the second episode or something. Chocolate like that. chip pancakes. That was the last chocolate one. Chocolate chip plan- pancakes. Oh, that was, was the, the last one. yeah, that was in last week's episode. We didn't really talk about it, but the they were oh, stuck in that yeah. dream, that dream yeah. loop. Yeah, we didn't talk about that one because yeah. we were fumbling over our own selves. <laughs> Too excited to talk about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's where this episode is going to start, and it's going to start with Mister Nobody. He's gotten. Uh, the chief to tell his truth that he's been creating the Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. And by creating, I mean he's been causing their mishaps. Accidents. Causing their accidents. Causing them to be these metagene characters so that he could live longer and become immortal. Why he tries to do that, we'll, we'll go later on in the episode, explains why he needs to be immortal and why he's been doing this to them, but that seems to be the the truth of it, is that, more importantly, he's been fucking over their lives so that he can live longer. Mm-hmm. Um, how that works exactly with science, I have no idea, but if I yeah, had to either. speculate, I would say that maybe, I don't know, does he feed off the, the oddity that is life? Like, that was the only thing I could think of, like... What? So he met the uh, the winter beast, right? The yeah. woman out in when he disbanded the Bureau of Oddities. The Neolithic woman. And yeah, I and can't remember her name. It started with an S, I think. It would be Paleolithic. Paleolithic. Like, what did I old. say? Neolithic. You said new. Neo is new. Paleo is old. And so I was thinking, like, is he? Does he need things to be odd in this world? Yeah, for but him to wait, live longer. A like, Neanderthal. Yeah, but she wasn't that. She was just like... She was more... She was like immortal, but she was like this very old... Uh, she was more defined than... Like Missing Link. Yeah, but she, she had more defining features as that of a, a Homo erectus than a uh, Paleolithic humanoid. Right? Or am I... You're going to have to call it David, 
David Attenborough for this because I can't I can't help you. Yeah, that's right. I wish I could. I got him on speed dial. Hang on. <laughs> Yo, Davey, what's up? I got a question about mammals. And he says, sorry, mate. Um, Phil the shark jumped 20 feet in the air. That was my David Attenborough. Was it good? <laughs> it sounded good to me. Um, and so here's where it's going to get kind of... Um, first of all, I loved how the team reacted to that at first. Because when they find out about the truth about the chief... Um, I think the one who gets hit the hardest with that information is Hammerhead. Uh, Crazy Jane's like one of her most dominant personalities. Um, um, Hammerhead has kind of been with us since episode one. And it's, I think people have really grown to have this character be a fan favorite because it's, it's a character that is, she's very protective of the little girl Kate Chalice. And so I think people have really related to that. Like they either they would love to have someone like that protective of them or they feel that they themselves kind of fit into the shoes of Hammerhead. And so a lot of people feel very empowered whenever Hammerhead steps up for something. And in the last episode, the decision Crazy Jane makes or really Kate Chalice makes the whole body because um, it's not Crazy Jane. Crazy Jane was trying to Crazy ne- Jane. Jane. Crazy Jane. Tra- <laughs> crazy Jane by Ozzy Osbourne was trying to um, not go save the chief and just agree to Mr. Nobody's um, temptations. But Hammerhead says, no, we have to go get Nows Calder back because we need to protect the girl, which is Kate Chalice. And so to find out that the person that Hammerhead agreed to go save turns out to be the biggest piece of shit that ruined Kate Chalice's life further, it's like she is hurt, betrayed, all of the above. And so Hammerhead is like, I'm going to kill this guy. Like, fuck every fucking dude on this planet. I'm going to kill this guy. And so I enjoyed that she was the one to have the most violent outbreak uh, for that. Um, But here's where it gets weird. Um, Or how did you react to Chief telling the truth? Did you, were you just kind of like, because this is what we've been expecting for we've, a while. Um, yeah, so, like, it was expected. I didn't... Um, now, I don't know if that was something that they touched on in the books. I don't know if the chief was involved in anybody's mishaps or whatever. I couldn't remember unless I read it and it just blocked out of my memory. But he's done a lot of shit. Yeah, but he's book. done a lot of shit. So it's not... It's expected. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I like that they added that... I mean, he was responsible for everybody. I really like... Because um, they touched on it a little bit. I, I like... The three, him, um, Alaska woman, and negative man, like living together. That was that's like a that just feels good to mm-hmm. me. <laughs> um, but knowing, finding out that he he caused everybody, it's you know, it 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 validates what we were saying. Niles Caller's an asshole. He's just a he's just an asshole. He's not. I mean, he's like he's reverse Professor X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. causing them. It's like if Professor X used Cerebro to induce. The mutant gene in people, which is, I think that was that was what they were trying to do in one of those movies. Yeah, what? No, they were trying to find the humans and then kill mm-hmm. them all. Um, Niles Calder, when we talk about him in the books and stuff like that, and and why this whole time throughout the series, uh, just like everything else, we've been kind of calling before it happened, just because we read a book before anyone else. It's like it's not that great but it is kind of it, it's like it just makes sense that he would 
be this kind of not good person like you're I don't know. There's there's some sort of selfishness involved because of your fascination with these oddities. There's a reason why he's not a leader of the Justice League. Yeah. There's I, a reason why he's not working with Amanda Waller. There's a he, reason why he's not, like, you know, uh, and probably a reason why he's not working at Star Labs. It's just, like, because he is, he's a bad guy. He's not, like, a bad guy, but he's not innocent. Yeah. By any means. And, uh... The clues are just laid out there throughout the show, and, and we've been kind of talking about it. Of like, in the books, he's like, who cares about your messed up past? You're the Doom Patrol now. Go out there and fight robots and talking gorillas and mm-hmm. a brain in a vehicle. And it's like, yeah, he, he really, doesn't care. Yeah, it's more of, it really is just like, um, yeah, that happened, but this is happening right now, and you have abilities go do something about it. Yeah, and so it's maybe we're missing something specifically where he like there was some version of Doom Patrol where they were like actually I created you. I caused all your mishaps. But nonetheless like the the principle like the tone that Niles Calder isn't like Professor X like golden like knight kind of person like he's not that good of a person. This is still in a good way it's like it is an acid trip version of the x-men um and so things are not as they seem and and so it's just like this is we've gotten to this point where we've now realized this is who now's caller is and as we move forward with more seasons we'll be getting into how the doom patrol is going to work with this kind with kind of now's caller so basically, Mr. Nobody, he, after he is won, he's victorious of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to basically vanish the Doom Patrol back into normal life. Mm-hmm. Not like normal, like he's retconned their mm-hmm. mistakes. Yeah, they're just moving on. Yeah, but they've moved on. And it's interesting because at first, there's no explanation for that. It's just that Mr. Nobody is so happy that he's victorious. And I love Alan Tudyk's performance as he's like, celebrating his victory he's great yeah he's really great like he was doing some he's really great like nonverbal acting as well as you know saying his lines and 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 being theatrical but it was it was the little things he was doing that he was finessing as an actor that i was like this is this it's a performance it is Mm -hmm. a performance where you go i am loving your performance just as much as i'm loving the story being told it was just it's fantastic um but yeah he disbands everyone and sends niles calder back um to basically being alone at doom manor uh larry and rita have moved um i want to say they didn't move far because later on we see them on scooters which is fantastic but also close by enough to ride on scooters so i'm guessing they live in uh cloverton ohio now um or maybe even no you were gonna say danny yeah no i I thought they were at first but that's uh that proved to be wrong incorrect yeah as we'll soon talk about and uh yeah so they they must be living in cloverton ohio now um and so what's gonna happen throughout this episode is we're gonna get we're gonna get flashbacks into Niles Calder's life and then cut back to modern day of how the Doom Patrol are now moving on with their lives. Um, And it's going to start at the ant farm where Niles Calder was working 
and he was working with Jason. Jason was also working at the ant farm, and they were kind of rounding up these metahumans, but Niles Calder was running other experiments with them without the um, Bureau of Normalcy knowing about it. And so this is what Forsyth gets angry about later um, in their kind of flashbacks. But, um, yeah, we're going to cut to Larry. So, hang on. Yeah, go for it. He's in the ant farm and he's with Jason. Yes. They're talk. They're conversing about, like, what Niles is trying to do. That's when he's trying to say, like, you know, they're they're showing signs of, like, prolonged life and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Like, and then he sa- makes a mention of, like, you know, when they're they're about to send Larry, Larry Trainer into the thing. He's like, okay, he's going to come back to the ant farm. You're going to give him to... Forsyth? Forsyth. Yeah. He's going to have his fun and get bored. And then that's when we take him. Yeah. And then we take him to Doom Manor and then just, I guess, run more experiments just for Niles Calder's uh, <clears throat> convenience to yeah. live longer. He there was also a line in the thing. So like we got to always remember that Niles Calder is still building a team. He's not just doing it because he's do, trying to study their prolonged life. He's building a team. He's doing his own experiments for a particular reason. Yeah, and he needs these specific things to happen. Yeah. Now I'm kind of curious if he um. If he's building a prophecy? No, but if he knows what their abilities are going to be. He said he was looking, like, and I think Crazy Jane's a good example where he was like, he was looking for Hispanic mm-hmm. with a multiple personality disorder, um, like young female, and I was like, he was very yeah. specific to order that and then for that person to finally exist. Yeah. It's just so, like, I can get, I understand Crazy Jane's... Uh, Is it some sort of, some form of omnipotence to go along with his immortality? I don't know, because, so Larry needed it's to just be... It's very metaphorical for a piece of shit god, yeah. like Zeus. Yeah, it really is. Larry needed to be high enough to interact with the negative spirit, mm-hmm. so they had to get the best pilot. Crazy Jane had to have the split personality disorder. Cliff... It's like Cliff and Rita, it's almost as if it was like a jigsaw thing where it's like, they're bad people. I need to make them like feel remorse and then get them to like learn from their mistakes. I think Rita had nothing to do with her being a piece of shit. I I think think it it was just like, I need this actress to fall into like this cursed water. You think like he knew about the... uh, Congo, where Congo, uh, uh, Forbidden Congo, Forbidden Congo, like that, wherever they were shooting, like he yeah. knew, like that, that lake or that river was like, like a part of me is like, or whatever. What, so he he what set if, up uh, the uh, Timothy Dalton's character was just somewhere in the set and we missed him and it was like, bet you he was. Here he is, that motherfucker sabotaging. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Oh, oh my god, think about this in the uh, Titans pilot when Garfield was like in where he was and like Niles was there. Treating people with the green disease virus, whatever. Oh, he did. So, like, he was was there. Yeah, that was him Oh, my God, you're right. He's just been fucking people over. As we learn in this episode, and yet I'm still surprised. I know, right? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he probably was on the set. I don't think they showed him and we, like, missed him or whatever. But but I'm sure he was there. that That Niles Calder was at Forbidden Congo, and he messed up that bridge, caused it to break, and have Rita Fargett... Uh, mortified. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one is just Cliff is a little weird because we get a little insight into that where it's like, um, yeah, it was supposed to happen, but not as planned. Yeah, it was supposed to happen. I don't know why it was supposed to happen to him, 
or if it was just supposed to happen. Um, I guess he was probably like, hey, this would be a freebie because race car drivers die all the time. It would be a good excuse to get a brain. Good excuse to get a brain is my new um, song autobiography mm-hmm. on Dr. Frankenstein. Oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> is that um, good? That's a good one. It's actually the new Dr. Frankenstein musical. Good excuse to get a brain. Actually, it's the Tin Man musical. It's the Scarecrow. Scarecrow needed a brain? What did the Tin the Man Tin need? Man needed heart? a heart. Lion courage. Okay, Scarecrow <laughs> needed a brain. So it's Lions, the Scarecrow tigers, musical. tigers, bear. Oh my, okay, we're good. We got them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, this is, yeah, it's kind of neat because it, it shows Larry and Rita uh back together in normal life and we kind of talked about this we kind of talked about how love it. uh the characters are going to i love it they start out it was like the larry rita show when the show started and then it was like ranching out we had different character team-ups where we had cyborg and rita or we would have rita and cliff and larry trainer and cliff Steele, and it's like they were all mixing and matching and then you know we at one point we were talking about it um about how it was going to be cool to eventually come back to the Larry Rita show or the Cliff Crazy Jane show, uh, which it does in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to see that progression because Larry and Tra- uh, Larry and Rita were like waking up. It's just a beautiful day. Yeah, like they're our, just like they're, our, they're roommates that are like they're very they're like eighty ethic- year old roommates. Yeah, they're very <laughs> ethical. They're like. Oh, she's teaching acting class. He sleeps on the couch. He sleeps Did on the couch. <laughs> what is that about? Uh, and then he's like helping her make sandwiches because, if, in case you forgot, uh, Larry is a really good cook. And he's just like, I know I've been cooking for. He's just making like bologna and mustard sandwiches. Yeah, like making little sandwiches for her. But it's still the fact that he was just like, cooking is just mm-hmm. is natural for him and Rita to do because they, they were doing it for so long at the Doom Manor. They were so great together. Yeah. They, they like live the best together Mm -hmm. they really do and they understand each other they've been together for god knows how long Mm -hmm. i'm sure we can track it down but years upon years upon years so i mean and they've been tending doom manor decades decades they've they've been doing it they've they've been roommates for decades and they were roommates yeah um yeah it's it's incredible and it was also good to see them they have like their names like larry has his own cabinet rita has her own cabinet Mm -hmm. um yeah it's just like I don't know. It just felt cute. It felt good. The way that they talk to each other is mm-hmm. so like spousal and just like it's it's a it's a friendship and it's a bond, but it's also like you guys are together because you kind of feel like you probably have to be together. Yeah. And uh the, the it's just good. <laughs> they they pep each other up, they talk each other down, they're not shy to roast each other. They're they're there for each other. Mm-hmm. The I guess the smart thing the writers are going to do in the future is just break our hearts about that relationship oh i really hope not um <laughs> eventually they'll just be like and here's the episode where their relationship breaks where they're and divorced like, yeah and then we'll be all super sad and shit when it happens um there was even a little wait. moment um later on in the episode when yes they're like discussing and rita says her thing and you know like god damn it we're gonna go into that painting larry and he's like well i don't really have a say like yeah. like the defeated <laughs> husband kind of thing oh yeah. it just felt so I like that Fun. she was like, you know, she really will call on Larry to mm-hmm. speak up or, or be part of something. And it's like she will hold his hand and pull him into a situation. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Um, 
you get a flashback into 1977 where they and Niles Calder are having like a New Year's Eve party mm-hmm. and like Rita's having such a great time. She's loving life and they're like get negative man and dress up with the 1977 sunglasses and it's like we're I'm, I'm having a great time. Yeah. I'm having a great time watching you guys have a great time. Yeah. Um, and that's been like the fact that the show can do that where I feel like sometimes the comic books don't even do that. It's, it's fantastic because yes, these are characters that hate their lives and they're, and they're like being punished and suffering, uh, in this house as they're forced to become the doom patrol. But they're like trying to help each other out because they've formed such close bonds that it's like, they are that close of friends and it's shown in this TV show. And sometimes you don't get that in the books really. Like sometimes you don't see Cliff Seal or Rita Farr being that, that close mm-hmm. to negative man where they can have these well, conversations. I mean, not, I mean, that's a good point because in most of um, the doom patrol material that they're pulling from for the show is a, a lot of it was from Morrison's uh, run of the doom patrol mm-hmm. and that's Rebus in that yeah. so like he's just dis- they the, are very oh, yeah. distant yeah. from the other team they're anti-social and so rebus thinks that they are there to be there like mm-hmm. they, they're in the correct spot to do the correct thing like that's that's it mm-hmm. um they're there for a reason they have a purpose being there they're not there to mingle they're not there to make friends uh they just realize that this was the team that you were a part of we mm-hmm. are now a different being than larry trainer negative man we are rebus Yes, Larry's still here, but, you know, we got to move on. Yeah. So there really wasn't that much um, com- camaraderie, really, yeah. that you could pull yeah. from. Other than, you know, like, uh, I guess, earlier I guess... earlier books where everybody was kind of, not slapsticky, but it was a little hand, hand, hand-fisted, uh, tongue-in-cheek jokes and stuff that they could joke mm-hmm. around with everybody on the team. And then Gerard Ways kind of brought Larry Trainer back. And but he's still a cool dude. He retained all of his memories. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he when he first found fell upon uh, Cliff, it was like a, hey man, hey buddy, what's up? Like mm-hmm. you know, it was a friendship. Yeah. Um, and then that's where uh, this flashback, this 1977 flashback. Yes, it has them in it, but the flashback's purpose was that this is where we would discover that Niles Calder had been looking for Crazy Jane. And for 10 years, yeah, for 10 years, he'd been like asking, like, he had this request out there to find a candidate like this. Um, and so like he causes her multiple personalities to become meta humans themselves. And crazy Jane's modern day event is that she relocates Jason. Um, what? Like she doesn't relocate. Oh, she, no, you're thinking of delocate. No, you said she relocates Jason. I mean, she took him from some place and put him another place. Oh, I was saying she refines him. She finds him again. She she yeah. seeks out Jason. Yeah. <laughs> um, she seeks out Jason and finds him, which is a, the timeline. I mean, I feel like it, it, six months have passed since uh, it was throwing me in through the a white. Loop. I'm gonna be honest. It was throwing me through a loop. I was like, what? what, what yeah. At first, I? it took me a little bit to catch on to the. Uh, jumping this timeline stencil of yeah. this tv show but it's because it would do it would do it's, present it's niles flashback yeah modern day character present being affected past niles calder flash it's literally yeah yeah niles the chief flashback modern day 
characters that were affected and then rinse and repeat mm-hmm. throughout the entire episode. It has a, that whole rib cage of the episode. Which it didn't... Um, I thought it, it fit together really well. Once I caught onto the momentum yeah, of the out. season finale, I was like, I understand that this whole season has been the character development of Niles Calder. Like, that's... like Throughout episode to episode of the season, we were learning the characters... Um, and I think this was the point I was trying to make up earlier in the episode where I lost my train of thought. It was the fact that we have learned that he's a piece of shit because the whole season was his character development. Whereas like negative man, he would have one episode that was like his, Oh, he had a few big ones. He had Danny and then he had, um, the other episode was it cyborg patrol. No, it was uh Francis patrol, um, where it was like, these episodes are the negative man episodes where we dive into his character development. Whereas the whole reason we're learning about these characters, uh, Rita Farr, crazy Jane, Cliff Steele, the reason that we've grown to know them and love them was all just to prove how much of this guy has ruined their lives from the beginning. And Mm -hmm. that's when we get to the season finale and we learn about this. We're like, huh? Damn. These people went through all this shit all this turmoil and then got all this closure because this man ruined their life. They spent this whole season trying to recover for something that someone caused to them. And it's like, that's, that's what it's all been about is that now his caller caused all this. Um, And so with crazy Jane, she seeks out Jason and she, she's, honestly begging for some way to undo what now's caller has done to her that's all she cares about at this point it's like he ruined my life but i need you to help me end it and so he offers her an opiate basically for metahuman abilities which it's kind of fucked up in in kind of like a real way um, because it's it's about drug abuse and it's like that's jason's answer is that you basically have to take heroin to calm yourself down it's such Mm -hmm. a like it's an analogy um it's it was rough it was rough watching it because you had to watch a character who like their sense of closure for us for a moment which we learn is wrong you know thankfully like it's a good that was good writing it's just like a false sense of success and closure Mm -hmm. was the fact that she became using opiates it's like an x-men mutant looking for a cure yeah this whole rogue thing (laughs) yeah exactly it's it's honestly probably a really good talking point like with the parallels between real life opiate abuse and jane or just having um a subsidiary to your madness a, another drug using that's it, real yeah, that's that's real though using it as an escape i mean we're talking about it's real it's just a drug that it's literally opium yeah well yeah and it's like that's the whole point of doom patrol is that these characters will, would go through something like this where it's like i don't want this anymore and mm-hmm. it's like okay but <laughs> execute plan three doom patrol it's like no the person is doing drugs now because it's so bad it is so bad that it, and it's like this is it's a good, uh, yeah, I guess analogy is the best way to say it. It's cool to see in the book, you kind of quickly learn, um, not, uh, so my experience of reading the books 
reading Jane specifically, I kind of got the sense that she, I never really got like an out of control sense that like her personalities were painful and like the, the, the abilities were painful and it was, mm-hmm. you know, the inner turmoil and stuff like that. I never really got that from the books and you get that in the show and I think that's, uh, that broadens the character like crazy. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it was rough having to watch her, you know, interrogate Jason for th- this drug cure and then run off and not even tie a cure, off just and then drug. use it. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Just a, a subsidiary. Yeah. He said it wasn't, wasn't a, a cure. cure. <laughs> it wasn't a cure. Um, it was just like, Hey, it'll calm it down. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's powerful as hell. Because that's something that doesn't come from the source material. That's just something that you, you got to, you know, look inside and look at real life and see what's happening. And, you know, a person with mental ability, mental disabilities like this would probably be asking for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's real. And that's yeah. rough. It absolutely is. I mean, there's there's so many other things that we've we've talked about that are real issues in this TV show. Yeah. Things like transphobia and, like... Uh, sexual, uh, just like orientation. No, well, yeah, but also like um, abuse, sexual abuse. Oh yeah, okay. sexual abuse and and uh, just like uh, domestic abuse, father issues, like like parental just like abandonment, <laughs> it's like neglect. There's like so many things that this show has tackled, um, and and drug abuse was another one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know and. Uh, also, things like whatever Grid was doing to Cyborg, which I think, although it wasn't touched on at all in this episode, it could be still something that we see in a future season. It's, it was touched on in this episode. He has Grid? the bad dreams. Yeah. And so, but that's... He has a nightmare of, of Grid, mm-hmm. essentially tearing him apart. Yeah. So, I wonder if that's uh, still something to expect in the future yeah, season. Yeah, so what, that's a, what, is that PTSD that Cyborg experiences? So if they tackle drugs, they oh, tackle like doubt. abandonment, yeah. they tap they tackle violence, they tackle sexual abuse, they tackle bullying. I mean, he got turned into like, you know, he went through an explosion and mm-hmm. it's like it's a nightmare. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt he has PTSD. What do they not Oh no, I was going to say what do they not talk about? And I was going to say suicide, but um Larry Trainer Mm-hmm. definitely like as close as you can get to suicide is in the beginning of this series is what he was where it was like i'm laying in my room don't talk to me like if this spirit comes out Super and i depression yeah, yeah just they've like, all dealt with depression in some way mm-hmm. and then they had the whole therapy patrol episode i think even crazy jane was thinking about suicide because it was like she couldn't she could choose not to come out of that yeah that whole going crazy, down the well yeah, yeah. The, the jane patrol and she's like she honestly could have be like some sort of brain dead that she caused mm-hmm. herself because she would rather do that than face um, the pain that Kate Chalice was uh, was done. Chris Steele deals with it um, mm-hmm. in the first episode, but also in, I think, the first issue, Crawling mm-hmm. from the Wreckage, um, you know, banging his head against the wall. And it's like, what kind of fucked up person, like, doesn't allow you to have feel pain? Yeah, exactly. Like, come on, if I want to kill myself, I want to fucking kill myself. Like, this, yeah. is, this is ridiculous. Even going back to... Um, like that very first episode where Cliff Steele is is trying to uh, climb stairs, like just a couple steps, mm-hmm. just to be able to to move his body to see his daughter again, who doesn't know he exists and all that. So it's it's covered so many things and it continues to cover so many important topics to talk about. Um, it's been just fantastic, uh, and and so Crazy Jane is dealing with that, and 
Crazy Jane has made a decision to take the opiate. And um, at first, it seems like they all are enjoying it. And I immediately knew, I was like, one of these personalities is not going to be happy Mm -hmm. about her using this drug. Um, But I did enjoy seeing all the personalities again with the actors that play them mm-hmm. because I, I enjoy seeing those people come back to reprise their roles. And it's a, it's to me, it was a good sign that um, they, we would continue to see those characters in, in the season. Instead of it was like just hammerhead walking up and laying down and being like, Hey, we can't do this. Yeah. But at mm-hmm. least that they use that actor and like, the, yeah, yeah. The, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, as opposed to, uh, uh, hmm. so what we saw was, the personalities from Jane Patrol again come back and reprise yeah, their roles. Exactly. As what I'm saying is, as opposed to just having like Hammerhead of so what you call the fan favorite coming back and just having a Hammerhead and Jane reaction or uh, mm-hmm. interaction. Yeah, I think what's that actor? Uh, actor uh, Anna Lore plays the Penny Farthing character, and we we saw her again, and it was like, oh wow, she's back. That's awesome. And it was to me, it was a good sign that like with future seasons, we might again revisit the inside of crazy jane's mind get to see those characters again you can see characters like driver eight again hopefully um and stuff like that so that's what i'm looking forward to seeing um but yeah they do eventually have that disagreement because hammerhead is not is not does not have the ability to protect k chalice from the dark thoughts that the uh the trauma that they were dealt um, and so that's the whole point of these multiple personalities existing with that disorder is your mind splinters as it tries to protect itself. And if it's sedated like that, it cannot protect itself. And so it was just leading to maybe not an overdose, but some sort of, of, of brain damage that it can't recover from. And so she, Crazy Jane has to get over that. She has to be like, hey, you cannot use this drug anymore. And it's a very important topic. I like that inner struggle that the character has. Um, she's living in a bus, the bus that the Doom Patrol had. The bus. The bus, if you will. <clears throat> Under a freeway. Um, and then this is where we get to Robot Man, who's introduced by the Niles Calder flashback, where he's talking to Eleanor Stone, who's Victor Stone's mother, uh, Silas Stone's wife. Uh, and this is where they're having this conversation about the brain that he is now in possession of, which is Cliff Steele's brain, which we got to finally see a brain in like a little tank, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, if you've read Doom Patrol, you've seen these kind of panels of like what happens with Cliff Steele has his brain taken from the uh, robot body and it's placed in like this little formaldehyde tank. So we got to see that. Um, it was really just, it was kind of like a... Like a little shallow pool. Like a wet pool, yeah, like, like where giant. you could touch the touch the manatees. <laughs> like a little Petri dish yeah. or a giant Petri dish. Giant Petri dish yeah. and it was square. Yeah. Can Petri dishes be multiple shapes or is it just the circle uh yeah you got the some of them are like peanut shaped like a pool really no oh pools are shaped like beans come on i've seen the movie envy what no you didn't get that joke i'm sorry if anybody out there got that joke i pat give yourself a pat on the back that was great like pools always just look like peanuts like they no they're bean whatever nerd (laughs) anyways um yeah this is like and he explains that uh he was originally supposed to <laughs> and this is a call back to the books itself is that cliff steel was supposed to lose his body in uh the car crash for at the at the race mm-hmm. um which was which is how it happens at least from what we know in the book in the grant morrison book mm-hmm. yeah 
and uh, uh, instead it happens by also killing his daughter and his wife. No, no, just his, his wife. wife. The daughter lives. Forgot about that part. Mm-hmm. There was a whole episode about it, Mark. You should have seen it. It was an entire thing. <laughs> yeah, um, and so yeah, it's a. Uh, this is where we learn that it's it's really starting to affect. Um, now it's Calder's morals because he's still going through with it just for the the sake of immortality and yeah and, and I mean it started out in 1961 started out before that 19- with Rita Farr 1950s 1950s yep. yeah and then to now 1988 yeah. with Cliff Steele mm-hmm. man yeah life's got to be morality's got to be taking a toll on that man and uh, both Eleanor calls him out and Silas Stone will call him out. And uh, later on down the episode. Um, and yeah, so it, it sucks. And we know it sucks, but Cliff Steele seems to be dealing with it so well in his t- in his modern day. Yeah, I think he's he's been one of the best treats of this show. Yeah. Um, both the the suit actor and both Brandon, Brandon Frazier. Um, they've just been fantastic. Uh when they first when when they shows him present day six months after mm-hmm. when he's at the food truck and him just like standing there and then them calling out Cliff and he's his uh the way he's the way he says like yo like he that's it's me. like it's it's cheerful it's it's yeah. just like that's what he does every day from what we learn later on it's just mm-hmm. like a like an everyday routine for him just like how he was making the sandwiches back at Doom Manor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it just felt good. It felt good hearing Brendan Fraser, you know, say it with that energy, as if everything was okay, as if he was doing the right thing. Like, I mean, it's what he was doing. He was caring after Jane, looking after yeah. Jane and everything. It's very, like, hunky-dory in, like, a wholesome way. Like, I'm always just like... Not like David Bowie. Hunky-dory. Good album. It could still be like that. It could be like that. <laughs> and so you just feel... You feel happy to see him smile which is a weird way because you know he can't smile but it's it's the smile in the voice Mm -hmm. we've i think we've talked about this before but it's like it's the smile in the voice that when you hear his smile and his voice you're like huh i feel so bad for this guy but i feel so good for him when he's having a good day it's weird because we um so let's look at like robot man as a general character Mm mm-hmm we get droids shoved down our throats by Star Wars and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, just Star Wars. It's the only thing that references droids. Um, so, like, we're used to it being protocol-y, like, C-3PO, like, any, just, like, you know, robot voice and a robot thing. It's just, like, you know, that's a robot. Even Alan Tudyk's um, Rogue One. Can't remember his name. K2SO. K2SO. Like, yeah, he had uh, a personality, but mm-hmm. still it was just, like... That's just a robot. Cliff Steele, I never felt like that's just a robot. It felt like that's Cliff Steele just in a robot body. Like, that's still a guy. Mm-hmm. He's just in a robot I, think, I always think of it frame. as, like, this is a guy trapped in a body. Mm-hmm. Or trapped in a robot body. And it's not, like a, it's not like a consciousness uploaded to a computer. It's not like a grid-type thing. Nothing fabricated about no. his voice or his mind, mm-hmm. his, his behavior. Yeah. It, it's just like... I always see Robot Man as a person who's limited by his prosthetics. And so sometimes exactly. it's like the voice is so grandiose and, and theatrical. And I'll be like, damn, 
he's really trapped in this body because it cannot move. It cannot move the way he wants it to. And so I always feel that restraint in, in what he tries to do. Um, and you get it when you see like the end of the episode where Robot Man is struggling to move out of the situation he's in and or, or just do anything. And it's like, sometimes you need Robot Man to run in a situation that's like chaotic. And it's like, this guy cannot move. He's like really struggling here. And he's like, oh, fuck up. And it's like, it's like, damn, this boy is really trapped in his body. Mm-hmm. And so I've always, yeah, I agree. It's like, I don't really feel like. You don't, you don't write it off. Like, it's just like, oh, it's just a droid talking to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't write that off. It's not mm-hmm. like you don't write it off as like, oh, it's just a computer. Yeah. And I feel the same way. And I, and I think it's because there's a brain at stake. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way with. Um, like the Ghost in the Shell series where it's like Motoko and Bato, it's like those are people. Like they're not robots. This and, is main chick and then guy with yeah. the tiny glasses. The robotic eyes. Oh yeah, okay. Cybernetic eyes. They're not glasses. Yeah, they're not. There's no frame. No, on he those? got his eyeballs replaced with uh with robot eyes. With robots. Ro- robot eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, cyberization, they call it. But like her whole body is a robot except the brain. That is the that's the ghost. Even her face in the shell. Yeah, she gets a new, she can get a new body. Does and, she get a new body? Yeah, she can get like a, a like at the end of the original animated movie, she gets like a eight year old girl body. Did you see the Scarlet Joe one? Yeah, I did watch that one. And I like it. It's not it's not great, but it's kind of faithful in some. It's in not some, like Dragon Ball Evolution. No, it's not. Okay. Like, it's more like Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. The movie, yeah, it's in that sense of like, well, it's not fantastic, but it's, but it's, ghost in the it's show. not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, yes, Motoko Kusanagi's body could get utterly destroyed, just like Robot Man's, but I'm always like still concerned about them because if that brain gets destroyed in any way that's cliff steel that's motoko kusanagi like to me it's like i don't want them to get hurt but uh that's that's showbiz baby Mm -hmm. and so that's what's yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i definitely don't feel any detachment of him being a robot guy not at all i probably should say robot man since that's his name but yeah uh robot guy um yeah, and and what's cool is uh, just like Larry and Rita, we got to see the Crazy Jane Cliff Steele Robot Man like relationship, like that's back together again. Where it's like you want to go f- fuck up whoever's playing this music, which yeah. we'll get to as the concern here. Um, but it was nice seeing that Crazy Jane and and Cliff Steele have. She's not mad at him anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and they've kind of grown to be back to being friends. Um and that leads to the music which is caused by none other than the brotherhood of dangerous animals. Well no. Yeah. No, the music is caused by go mm. for it. <laughs> yeah, I Where guess Where does it start? Yeah, I guess he does cause it to get Why their don't you attention. Explain, bring okay, us up so to speed. <clears throat> so um Mr. Nobody has seen sulking in the white space um, because he he's won, but it's, uh, you know, he didn't get any closer to what he really wanted. And 
Drinking that sugar alcohol. Yeah, drinking that sugar alcohol, which great performance. Great <laughs> carousel. Great performance. Um, so like he's kind of just really, I mean, like where does he go from here, kind of thing. And then Ezekiel shows up in the white space, and he's you know like praising uh, Mister Nobody. Ezekiel again. <laughs> Ezekiel's this talking cockroach. Um, thank God he's in this show. Yeah. And he's really just, uh, you know, trying to talk him up. He thinks that Mr. Nobody's God, all these things. And um, he kind of asks, doesn't he ask him, like, what are you, what are you missing? Like, what is, what is it? Like, what do you, what do you want? Like, what do you, what are you missing? And essentially, Mr. Nobody kind of stumbles upon a loose end that he didn't tie up. Yeah, he's like, he is, he was so celebratory. So like, he was celebrating the fact that he had defeated Niles Calder by embarrassing him and like yeah. having Niles Calder lose all his friends and just totally having this this mental and philosophical victory over Niles Calder and um or psychological too. And then he's like, Oh wait, I haven't done that enough. Like there's more people mm-hmm. that I can use to abuse Niles Calder. And uh, Ezekiel kind of jogged that in his memory. And so then he's like, you know, come with me, Ezekiel, and we'll we'll do this together. And then that's also when they invite Admiral Whiskers, who confirms that Admiral Whiskers was back during the Decreator episodes, Mm -hmm. and that was the rat he was talking to. And so together, this trinity of Ezekiel... Admiral Whiskers and Mr. Nobody formed the Brotherhood of Dangerous Animals, which is very close to the Brotherhood of Dada, but not quite there yet. How? They said they were going to start small, and they were just going to be the Trinity. But Mm -hmm. also, he'll lose the Dangerous Animals, and I guess the initials are D-A, but we're getting close. Oh, I didn't pick up on the initials. That's a good one. Yeah, and so we're getting close. So maybe he's like, well, maybe instead, because we've gone from the Bureau, uh, the Brotherhood of Evil. Yeah, the Brotherhood of Evil to the Brotherhood of Dangerous Animals. Then he'll probably be like, at some point, maybe. At some point, he's going to get artistic with it. Um, yeah. Because he's still, well, spoiler, he's still trapped in, in uh, he's trapped in a canvas. So at some point, there's mm-hmm. probably going to be artistic things thrown around fingers crossed yeah and 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 maybe somehow the brotherhood of dada show up with sleepwalk and the quiz frenzy and and all these things yeah i can can you can just imagine like a character like sleepwalk showing up and just walking into doom manor i guarantee you i guarantee you just as much as crazy jane you introduce sleepwalk and people are gonna love sleepwalk oh yeah and 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 i'm sure they'll do something uh Maybe just as chaotic as as far as wardrobe, but something that's a little more easier to do for live action, like that kind of blend. And, I don't know. Look at like, all the Jane characters. Look at Silvertongue. It's true. That is true. Um, the only thing, I mean, Hammerhead was just like some- They did Black Anise. Some punk. Yeah. Yeah. They did Black Anise. Um, Hammerhead didn't just have like a foam hammer on top of his head. Oh, yeah. Like, it was just like a, like, yeah, you're right. Hammerhead was different in the- it was like a literal hammerhead mm-hmm. in the in the comic book, um, and yeah, it's it's I show show me the Brotherhood of Dada in the future. I'm I'm ready. I think we're all ready to yeah. see them. Um, and so he's like, yeah, we'll we'll need to uh, 
will need to embarrass now's caller one last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's just, as far as the TV show goes, like this is definitely some Grant Morrison level shit because this is like, this is like straight out of the comic books where it's issues 25 through 29 of Doom Patrol where it is the painting that stole Paris, which uh, is kind of like the basis of the season finale. Um, which I'm so glad they paid homage to. Yeah. Or, I mean, it, from my standpoint, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I think it's a little love letter to the painting that stole Paris. Yeah. Maybe we'll get even more into painting that stole Paris or something like that, but this is maybe just the start of it. Mm-hmm. It's a painting that stole Danny the street. And this is the thing we were talking about, about feeling a little bit validated ourselves mm-hmm. is like how our podcast this entire time we've been like, hey, you know, our our logo doesn't really look like the TV show. And I think that's throwing some people off where it's like, like normally it's like, oh, we're the Doom Patrol TV podcast mm-hmm. of that. It's and we'll like, have like the logo of the We'll thing have like and... the some thumbnail of the characters from the live action some silly illustration of my head posted on top of negative man's head and and, and mark and both is, of us wearing nerd glasses because we're geeks who talk about and we got microphones held in our hands and somehow microphones are drawn in and so when we decided to do this tv show we said we're going to be inspired by what inspired grant morrison's doom patrol which was art itself and psychedelics and and stuff like that and so we spent weeks talking about what our artwork for the podcast was going to look like and i and i remember us having like dinner and we were talking about like it should be like a painting but you go in the painting to mm-hmm. listen to the show and it's like okay but what does it look like and it's like it just it, you're in the like we were talking about you're in the middle of nowhere and it's just like a fucking radio and it's like it would only be coming you'd have to go all the way You'd have to first get into this painting. It's as if... Find the desert where this radio is. Go find it. Go sit in that chair. Mm -hmm. Turn on that radio. Or... Listen to the podcast. If the podcast is just emanating from the picture, much like this episode. Yeah, and you just sit in front of it. Mm -hmm. And so it's been so validating (laughs) that this season finale was like, yo, this is it. This is where... Yeah. And it feels so validating because that's like what our artwork looks like. It's like, just like they're hearing Chumbawamba in the painting of Danny the Street, it's like the Doom Patrol radio podcast exists in a painting that you would go to an art museum, sit down and, and hear it or, or like see where you would go to listen to that podcast. It's been so validating. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, I feel like we did something right. And um, I'm glad we didn't go the easy route of just being like, Oh, we'll just use the title card mm-hmm. for Doom Patrolling. And We're like, creative, Mark. Yeah, this is the way our we don't uh, we, this, engineering get that shit out of it here. Was weird. Art, we got it. <laughs> it was weird because we were talking about like, oh, we'll do a a podcast about a TV show. Everyone does a podcast about a TV show. Why are we doing it? And it's because mm-hmm. we're so passionate about this these characters, this content, this Doom Patrol, and it's like we wanted to do it right where it would feel like. The people who listen to our show are also on some sort of journey. Like they're listening to this radio station. They got to listen to this wacky DJ spitting tunes and talking about, you know, God knows what. Uh, And it was like, we just wanted it to be an adventure as well. Just as adventurous as going on like a Doom Patrol mission. Um, And with that, it's like, as we talk about Mr. Nobody and this Brotherhood of Dangerous Animals, it's like, what they're doing is this Grant Morrison level shit of like, 
we'll kidnap Danny Patrol and we'll put him in a paint. We'll put them in a painting, and then I guess th- they <laughs> they capture a bunch of famous bearded men and torture our beloved beard hunter who shows up one more time this season. Dude, and I can I tell you when the music first started to kick in mm-hmm. and it was Larry and Rita in the house mm-hmm. and the music I didn't say it out loud but I called it it was like I was like that sounds a lot like Francis the beard hunter. I was like that sounds a lot like his voice and I remember saying it cuz he started singing the song and then you were saying you you had a question about like the music whatever and I was like no man it's Chumbawamba it's fucking Chumbawamba. It was just it felt good that I that I knew it from the few lyrics. I was <laughs> <laughs> when it was starting, to, when it, the music was starting to we'll build, be singing. I was like, I was when just like, we're I couldn't even get what it was. I didn't know if it was a song mm-hmm. or someone just talking. And I was just like, what is this? No, I, ca- I caught on. And you were so like, quick. it's Chumbawamba. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? And I mean, the, the, the whole thing of the song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Like that whole thing yeah, was just. Danny Boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. And then it, it goes on the Danny Boy part. Um, I think that's the second song that is also on this Spotify Doom Patrol playlist that we listen to. I think Danny... Uh, Chumbawamba is on that? I think thing? it might be. Really? I, I don't know. I, didn't I could be wrong, but I, I know the only other time there was a song from... was the very first episode where it was like, When You're Strange, the door song. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just like, is this on the playlist? But um, yeah, Chumbawamba is being used to draw the Doom Patrol from all the corners of the globe. Oh, last week they played Iggy, Iggy Pop. And that was on there? Uh, yeah, well, Iggy Pop's uh, Dum Dum Boys is on the thing, but the Stooges they played in the episode. Oh, yeah. Because we also played it on mm-hmm. this episode. Last episode, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> it's the last episode, Nate. Um, but yeah, it's it, Jumbo Womba is, is used to draw the Doom Patrol to Niles Calder's Doom Manor, and then he explains... That's when Rita and and Larry pull up on the scooters. Oh my god! Now I wanted to, so there's a little bit of a distortion when everybody's walking up. Can you bring up? This is just a little quick segue, little diversion. Oh. Can you bring up the Chumbawamba music video and see if it has the same um, like video distortion? That I'm going to have to search. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Deep just for. well, I can, I can. Uh... So now we're watching a music video for Chumbawamba. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never seen this music video. Have you seen this music video? I'm sure I have, but, um, you know, I can't, I don't remember things. Now, I did notice that there was some distortion in the video, and I couldn't tell if that was the video, the stream buffering, or an effect. No, it was in the effect of everybody walking up to Doom Manor. That's what I was curious, if this music video did anything like people walking up to something like like a, like the group of them walking up and converging and it's like distorted yeah video. it was very weird it was a very weird effect that i was noticing on the episode and i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't place it i almost said it, eh, it's just an effect on the episode and it kind of stayed that way um but it's the music video itself for tumbleoma i i don't see anything besides just a band performing at camera and yeah so, me neither and so it's it was a weird little thing that I I'm glad we both noticed that. Um, Were you gonna try to find it in the actual stream to see if it was distorted? I or would, not? but sometimes <clears throat> the playback isn't at, like that great. Yeah, like 
when you're trying to find some, a specific thing within the episode, I've noticed it's like sometimes it's like I can't fight with the playback on the DC Universe thing. So that might be something software folks need to focus on. But um, it was interesting that they were brought here in that as soon as I saw uh, Niles Calder staring at this painting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew it mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. I was like... Yeah, I felt the same way. Was it like, was the same feeling. I was like... Danny's in this painting. Yep. It was like, oh, they're in a painting. It was just like, oh, the music coming from the painting. And again, yeah. it just okay. goes back. This is our podcast artwork. It was like, it's in the painting. I mm-hmm. just learned it at this point. It's like, if I see a painting in New Patrol, it's like, they're in a painting. Yeah. And I, I hope everyone else caught the same thing when we all saw it. But who knows? Maybe someone's seen it for the first time. They're like, they're in the painting. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's like, who's fucking surprised anymore? Like, even Cliff Steele's like, of course I'm going in the fucking painting, even if I don't want to go in the that painting. That was a great monologue that he had. Yeah. He was like, it's like, it doesn't, like, it wouldn't be enough if I didn't go in the fucking yeah. painting. And so it's like, it's, it's gotten to that point now, just like in the Grant Morrison comic books where they're just like, all right, I guess we're doing it. It really was <laughs> like page to screen in that, in that little, uh, do manner meeting with everybody. It really was just like, uh, We've got we are the Doom Patrol. We're supposed to stop these t- types of things. Like mm-hmm. we don't know what we're going into. We just know that we have to be involved, guys. We just got to go into this painting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was kind of hoping for a little. Uh, not really hoping. I was curious if there was going to be a mention of like the Justice League kind of thing. Um, like, hey, this is this is outside my jurisdiction. This is a league thing, or like someone being like, should we call the league? Oh, yeah. like Anything like that. But, hey, this isn't painting that stole Paris. This is painting that stole uh, Danny, Danny Street. And that's another good thing that the show has been doing uh, for a while now, just like with the Brotherhood of Dada versus the Brotherhood of Dangerous Animals and the painting that stole Paris versus the painting that stole Danny the Street. It's they simplified it. Mm-hmm. And for a TV show saying, hey, we have all these characters, just instead of stealing Paris, some random location, steal a location that we've known which is Danny the street, mm-hmm. you know, like instead of getting a sleepwalk and the quiz and frenzy, just use the other villains, Admiral Whiskers and Ezekiel. We already created them just, and the beard hunter, just get them to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just been great that they've been doing that. Um, they do introduce one thing in this show towards the end. And, and we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, but uh, it's, it was great just seeing like, just seeing all these things come together in the season finale and um yeah the 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 whole team up of of the doom patrol as they talk about like how much they hate now is caller but they're gonna do it anyways like this is how this doom patrol that we know and love is going to be on this tv show now mm-hmm. this is how we get to that point um and i can't wait for season two's uh first episode hopefully we get that and it's like I want to see that, like where we grow from that kind of team. It sounded like you were wrapping up. No, no, no. It sounded like not. It. No, I'm just speaking in the future. I want to say something. Go for it. So they get into Danny the the painting, mm-hmm. and they're you know they got questions here and there, and yada yada. Mister Nobody stole us. Everything's you know, th- every th- things are going down in here. There's a newspaper clipping that says Flex Mentallo like saved everybody. Love it. I love that Flex Mentallo lives on Danny the Street. I love that he's the protector, just mm-hmm. like it should be. 
I'm glad they explained why he's not in the mm-hmm. final season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as we would have loved to see him do some more stuff, it just we're going back. He to... He belongs it. on Danny. Yeah, that's where he belongs. He yeah. fits. He's he's good. That's he's a, that's. I'm okay with he's that. A supporting character. Like mm-hmm. he's a, a recurring character, but he's not a. Yeah. Uh, uh, prominent member. Yeah, the guy had his own comic book for for a little bit. Maybe we'll get a Flex Mentality TV show. No, different, well, different, uh, a, franchi- different franchise. Make uh, Doom Patrol. Yeah, I, I think it was different. Did they, was that a Vertigo comic? It had to have been a Vertigo. Yeah, comic. him and uh, uh, the two of them, uh, the two, the two Scottish people, Grant Morrison and uh, um, the All Star Superman guy, Frank Quietly. Frank Quietly. Yeah. They're both. They look. Exactly. Oh yeah, I do remember they Frank doing like the uh, doing doing Flex, Flex Mentality. Yeah, they I was thinking look of... like brothers or twins. Yeah, they like, do look. Very and they similar. both have the accent. Like <clears throat> you can watch a Frank Quiet- Quietly interview and then go watch a Grant Morrison interview, and you'd be like, these. Of course, these guys work together. <laughs> yeah, they're so the they, same person. They did Flex Mentality and they did uh, All Star Superman, which is like, what else could you do after you do those two? Like, they It's not all they did. Flex Mentallo is to Superman like Graham Morrison is to Frank Quietly. Same person. Nate's putting the math together. Yeah. Um. So this is so we get to Danny the Street where Chumbawamba is playing very loudly. Uh, Mister Nobody seems to be running in a panic into the uh, cabaret. Peeping Tom's perpetual Peeping Tom. cabaret. Yeah. And uh, that's when we see Ezekiel. The Fifth Horseman of the Apocalypse, which is a callback again to the painting that stole Paris in the comic books, uh, issues 25 through um, 29. And uh, we've we've talked about the Fifth Horseman before, how crazy that Grant Morrison can come up with these concepts. And it was cool to see them bring that into the TV show Mm -hmm. where they were like, again, we don't need to create a Fifth Horseman. We can just make Ezekiel... The one. I mean, he's titled the episode. He's, he's, they. What they use Ezekiel for in the season finale? He is the world's reckoning. Yeah, but he's also the the way that they escape is through Ezekiel, or like the way they escape the painting is with the fifth horseman by being inside it and like giving Crazy Jane some powers and stuff like that. And it's all narrated by someone who's writing the story out. It's there's so many things that this episode bases off that that arc that everyone should read uh, issues 25, uh, 28, uh, 25 to 29 of the 1987 run of Doom Patrol by Grant Morrison. It's great source material. And yeah, it's like Ezekiel is uh, living his best kaiju movie life, as they say in the episode. So it's good that we got a little monster battle. Mm-hmm. We didn't see monster versus monster, but we. We saw monster and monster. Monster loving monster. <laughs> yeah. Monster shipping monster. There you go. Um, and that's where we, we also uh, meet the beard hunter again, who's been singing this Chumbawamba song for a very long time now. And we, like we said earlier, it's great to see the character all the time. Yeah. Uh, he was given what all the members of ZZ Top and Abraham Lincoln and I can't remember who. Oh had, gosh, I feel it was like someone it was else. Neil Diamond or something. <clears throat> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh man, was like Socrates or something oh. like that, wasn't it? Dumbledore. I think I'm just getting confused <laughs> with Bill and Ted's Big Adventure. Whoever has a great beard, stand up. 
Bill and Ted's Big Adventure. That's not the title of the movie. It's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, Big Adventure is Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got that mistaken. Um, it's just uh, adventure movies. So how did Ezekiel become the fifth horseman? This is a quiz because you should have been paying attention. This is a quiz and I'm going to answer it. Uh, explain your answer here. Uh, there's a character that's introduced. There's a character that's introduced that um, we've probably mentioned, but it was never on the top of our minds because there was nothing alluding to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not really any backstory. Yeah. And I think um, most importantly, they didn't cast this person because if they casted the person like they did with Flexman Tallow and Crazy Jane, we would have found out about it. Mm-hmm. We would have been like, hey, this person was casted. Yeah. They're in the show. And uh, they did not cast this person. Who did, who who or who are we talking about? We're here? talking about one Dorothy from Doom Patrol. And is this this is a new Grant Morrison character? Yes, this is a Grant Morrison. Created. This is a Grant Morrison character. Okay, yeah. oh, definitely for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and uh, she's you can definitely find her in Volume One of the 1987 run. Um, I think like six issues in, so that would be like issues 25 or so and uh dorothy is this uh, her uh, call me out if i get this wrong but her ability is that she imagines things and they exist yeah that's it she's she she makes imaginary friends and so but but the problem with that is that you're thinking all the time you have no control about what you're creating. And the problem with her was that she was lonely and she was creating imaginary friends all the time. And good so or was, bad. Yeah, good or bad. And the bad ones definitely caused some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And freaked her out. I mean, she was scared of her power. And so this is the character that uh, Niles Calder explains is the reason he's been trying to keep himself alive is that he can be alive long enough to take care of this child. Um, his child, his child, which, uh, what a twist. Yeah. And it's, it's, it definitely leaves a lot. I guess we still have questions as we look forward to a season two and and we start to go, who are you? And, and, and like, can you explain further mm-hmm. this situation that we have here? Um, cause Dorothy is now going to be another main member of the doom patrol because she has these weird powers um and so i'm interested in seeing the relationship between her and crazy jane because again the one drawback of the books is you don't see a relationship like that blossoms so much and so with a tv show i'm curious to see crazy jane and dorothy this person who can imagine everything and this person with so many different like 64 multiple uh, personalities. What is what? What would a, an episode of those two interacting with each other and and going through turmoil together? What does that look like? So it's going to be kind of interesting seeing uh, uh, this new member, uh, Dorothy. Um, but I will be very excited when they cast the character and what they do uh, in the future with it. But yeah, it's also going to be interesting to see Niles's um, open compassion and protection. Mm-hmm. for this character yeah absolutely um and it might help the team work with him more because mm-hmm. they see what he's been protecting and then, and then they'll be like we want to protect her too now um and and again like hammerhead might see dorothy like she sees k chalice and be like just as protecting um and uh yeah it's 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 one of those things where 
this character is going to make so many issues and and development in in the future in the in the next season at least uh when it gets confirmed and approved and all that greenlit and um yeah dorothy is the reason ezekiel is now our fifth horseman because she's imagined him as this fifth horseman she's she's like oh roach it's like a giant bug and so giant bug is giant bug now and uh, admiral whiskers just as much and they're tearing up the town and um mr nobody can't do anything about it so he's yeah he got stuck in his corporeal form yeah and uh he's uh he's at the cabaret drinking midori now another cordial of sugar liquor and uh it's just been uh it's just been an absolute what the fuck kind of uh third act that we've been in um so what's the what's the um what's the comparison to having a character described as a nobody getting drunk off of sugar liquor i don't know why they did that because it's like it's one of those things where it's a. Uh, you know, it's like someone, you know, getting drunk off of non-alcoholic beer kind of thing. It's just like, you're a normie. You're just like, you're drinking just the, give me the grenadine, <laughs> leave the <laughs> bottle, like that kind of thing. I want someone to say that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it is. Mark, you, you clearly don't understand my love for Coke and Grenadine, like of Roy Rogers. There have been. Yeah, but I want someone to say that. Mark, there have been it's many like, occasions where I've been like, bottle. no, like keep the grenadine flowing, man. Like. <laughs> Keep those Roy Rogers. It. That's a does I write that one down. Use it. Grenadine, leave the bottle. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, sir. This is twelve dollars of sugar. <laughs> um, he, uh, I think it's supposed to be like a play on that type of character who is like drinking whiskey right out the bottle, and they're like super drunk. It's like this man is chugging blue carousel. And chugging Midori, and it's like, boy, what are you drinking? Like, it's just silly. He's, he's taking shots of Midori. Can you take shots of Midori? I guess you can I do used whatever to do that you in want. College, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just like when you had your Bacardi Zombie. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had that yeah. moment of drinking some sugar liquor thing. The thinking, margarita mix. Yeah, this is a super bad thing. The Goldschlick vodka. It just you buy some fucking Goldschlick. I thought Goldschlick vodka was supposed to be like a Goldschlager, like the yeah. It was their play on it. Yeah, Mike, you, Mark, I've gotten f- fucked. I guess drinking vo- I guess saying vodka isn't a good reference, but they the point is is that everyone grows up drinking some shitty fucking liquor that they shouldn't like. You grow up going, why am I drinking this? Like this ain't real. I used to drink straight from the bottle that Goldschlager shit. <laughs> just cinnamon vodka oh god oh man i used to drink a lot of jaeger a lot me too yeah me fucking too and i like just it. like a glass of I jaeger think too it, I, I think about it today it's like if someone offered me jaeger i'd be like i would tell him put it in a dr pepper i put it in a red bull i'm trying to get way oh messed god, up fuck i to this day if you hand me a, a jaeger bomb jaeger I, bomb. I will destroy it because i love that it's like in my blood system, like Taco Bell, where I'm like, I'm not going to say no to this. It's it's just, it's second nature. It's like riding a bike with alcohol. Um, it's like riding a bike with alcohol. <laughs> so Can you do that? No. You, Is that a law? You can't do that. Are you and, sure? Yeah, I'm very sure. Don't try it. <laughs> 
Obi Wan, two thousand five. Anyways, um, Rita Farr does this fantastic character moment uh, where she becomes kind of like the savior in all this, and I think it's important that Rita Farr was the character to do it. But Rita Farr convinces Mister Nobody to basically save the day. She's she the pep talks that Rita Farr has been giving ever since she's become such a strong character herself Lead up to this. has been strengthening the characters around her much like a great supporting character in an RPG. And Rita Farr actually ends up convincing the bad guy to do the right thing. So who is she in KOTOR? She's just the healer class, probably. Um, hey, oh, in Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah, what was that guy's name? Specifically? Carthonassi? Car- Carthonassi. Captain Carthonassi? Something like that. Basically, she, I don't know, she's just a very good... Voice su- of reason. Yeah, a very good supporting character. Uh, maybe it's the acting. I don't know if that has become a superpower, but she's done a very good job of convincing people to oh, yeah. be better. How about that? We only got one extending arm in this whole series from Rita. Yeah, I kind of thought at one point she was going to do like giant, giant uh, woman, last woman yeah. attack monster as well. I thought it was going to get to that point, um, and I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yet. Yeah, it's too much. It's just out of. The, it's too much. It's just just completely out of left field at this point and so that's something later that they're gonna have to like train and be a team and and Mm -hmm. maybe she can do something like that and they haven't gotten to that point yet Uh, they'd have to do some like forced perspective to have her uh out and about like that hey they did it in dude where's my car don't ever bring up that movie again they did a giant woman in dude where's my car um and so yeah she she basically uh she convinces mr nobody to save the day by writing the end of the story um, Nate, do you want to, how, how best to describe the ending of this show? Um, two giant animals make out. And then, and then that's it. Cut, fade to black. <laughs> no. So the plan that we, uh, didn't get told from the beginning, but we, uh, kind of figured out throughout the, um, climax of the, of the, uh, Danny, the street fight, um, which is another good thing because the end of that uh, ends with the fight against the fake brotherhood of evil in Mm -hmm. Dana street. So, Mm -hmm. Hey, good on you, mate. Um, anyway, the plan was that the negative spirit was to rip open a dimensional rift. Yeah. In the painting for them to get out. Yeah. Explosive. Yeah. That's somehow explosive using his radiation from the negative spirit. Yeah. Now, since cockroaches are, Impervious. Fucking immune. <laughs> Goddamn. I like how we said it in two different ways. Yeah. To, to uranium-235 or whatever the shit you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which we is got, a completely... We've been watching some Chernobyl here. Yeah, which is... Um, we need to we need to have a conversation about... Well, should we... Co- there, cockroaches I guess if there wasn't a Chernobyl podcast, we just have a Chernobyl podcast to talk about the Chernobyl podcast. <laughs> we couldn't. We couldn't step on those feet. Um... Anyways, so like they were going to hide inside giant Ezekiel to shield them from the nuclear radiation, nuclear radiation, or just radiation in general explosion. The nuclear fallout, which is a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. That's that's incredible. I didn't think about that. That's Who great. Thought about? I don't that? know, but that's that's just great. And the fact that you have to be like, okay, the negative spirit's got to rip it open with his radiation. Cockroaches are impervious to radiation. It's like, Yo, hey, remember that perfect. roach we introduced yeah. in episode two? Yeah. Like, that had to have been planned out. Like, like hey, you remember that roach? Ago. Hey, he would live from what Larry Trainer suffered through. So, what if he ate him and never got. And it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's some planning. Who, 
poor Admiral Whiskers bites the dust in it all, but... Um, or does he? Yes. Or, question mark. Do they perish? Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting. Like I don't, How they came up with that was... It just It's just so Doom Patrol that it would be something so silly like that. And they do kind of the same thing in the books where uh, Crazy Jane is, is kind of within the, four, the fifth horseman. And for them to get... For, in, in order for all of them to get ripped out of the painting and, and, and back outside of the painting where Superman and the Justice League are, is like, they basically, like, Mr. Nobody's like, let's link arms and give our spirit energy to Crazy Jane. It's very, like, just super campy and, and whatnot. And it's like, he does it knowingly, self-aware of how campy that is. and and But it works, and it pulls him out of the painting, and it's just silly enough to work. Um, Wait, how was Jane involved? Crazy Jane, like, basically, like, the fifth horseman in the painting that stole Paris, like, it was awoken. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy I, Jane, I'm sorry. I thought you were I thought you were referencing the show. I was like, oh, wait, how was Jane involved in this at the show? She <laughs> yeah, wasn't. No, sorry, it's a comic book. Okay. And I'm, like, comparing how, like, how they get out is very much kind of similar. Um, but, yeah, just absolutely, and it's just so outlandish mm-hmm. that it's, like, Everyone has to get eaten by the roach in order to escape this painting. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it was just, it was just that. It was, <laughs> it's, they do end up escaping. The plan goes off without a hitch. Eh, there are some hitches. There's a couple hitches. There's a tiny hitch. Good one. But on top of that tiny hitch is Danny the Brick. Danny the Brick. I'm so, my man. I totally forgot about my that. My man. The only thing we're missing is an ambulance. And that's, hey, I'm perfectly fine with Danny the Brick. Danny the Brick, dude. We yeah. got it. Yeah. We got it. We got Danny the Brick. That is so good. Yeah, because it's like, of course, a roach ate some debris, I guess, and all that. And it's like, of course, a brick got in there somehow. I don't think it was that. I think it was, um, it's just Danny willed himself to be destroyed by the nuclear explosion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nuclear, sorry. George nuclear. Bush. Um, George W. Bush famously Say, created the word nuclear. 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 No. He said nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. Damn. Oh, fuck. Now we're. He said nuclear. That's the incorrect. He said nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. It's like nuclear weapons. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear weapons. Not a thing. Anyway, um, I think Danny must have uh, man himself manifested himself into the brick, mm-hmm. lowest form foundation. Yeah. And kind and, of made his way through. And made Eze- their way through. Yeah. Ezekiel lives through it, and <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I made it through." And then he gets cut open by a cyborg from inside. Which at first I thought it was like perimeter defenses from Doom Manor for some reason. Don't ask me why. And it just like cut him. Yeah, up yeah. It wasn't until like they, they stepped out. Yeah, I thought it was like uh, like cyborg installed perimeter defenses that been with lasers. Fucking crazy if um, that happened. Where it's like Ezekiel was just like I'm victorious and just like went into a bug zapper and just got and I was like that's it that's the episode if they cut to black and it's like oh I wouldn't put it past him. That sounds like a good ending to me. Um, that kind of also led to, um, like, the way they all ended up, sh- like, shrunk could have been, like, Grant, uh, Gerard Way with, like, Cliff Steele being, like, microscopic in, oh, like, yeah. a hero. Like, it could have gone that kind of direction. Yeah. Um, 
but I enjoyed the way that they cut out of Ezekiel and it was just like, here's the green screen and here's like a little curtain that we'll make out of like to make it look like Ezekiel. Like it looked very stage play ish, which at this point it's like, I'm not even like, I'm not even like, this looks like a bad CGI thing. Green screen CGI thing. I'm just like, it looks like a stage play because it's a like this wacky TV show. They they blew all the money on the uh, the the rat tongue. Yeah, dude, they blew up those renders of that roach and that and the rat. And I was just like, look at how much detail there yeah. is. There was a lot of saliva going on. And yeah, stuff. there were so many things that Ezekiel and Admiral Whiskers were doing where I was like, this is like there's a lot of detail in these creatures when it's blown up in this giant render, which is why Pacific Rim was such a great movie is because those kaijus are so, rendered so largely. You can appreciate the CGI in them. And, yeah, they were doing the same thing. But when it came to the Doom Patrol stepping out of Ezekiel's body, I was like, that's a curtain, and that's a CGI body. And I was just like, it was so uh, salt in the moment to me. that. I, but I was like, I love that show. But the saw in the moment where it was it was on purpose. Yeah. It was aware that it was just like low budget and I was kinda I like can't look. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like it's a it's just bad and I enjoy how bad oh, it because it's so it's to me it was like a low budget moment of the episode. And I was like, I kinda like how this is. I like how it was just them like, Oh, we're tiny and it's like you guys are like on a two D plane right mm-hmm. now. Um but yeah, um, it ends with Larry Trainer. He's he's a big guy. He's normal. He's normal size. They're very tiny people on this brick. Cliff Steele's very angry about it, and we have a new member, uh, Dorothy, part of the Doom Patrol. And right before the episode cuts away, we get a look at the white canvas painting, and stuck in there is a one Beard Hunter and one Mister Nobody, mm-hmm. who we can't really see is moving at all, Mm-mm. which raises some questions. And there's no Admiral Whiskers, so we don't know what happened to him either. But uh, hopefully, he didn't get destroyed. Uh, if, if, if it was a giant nuclear, nu- <laughs> he probably got destroyed. He probably got destroyed. Um, Blast of radiation. Yeah. Also, that quote: "I'm gonna, I want to spread you like the plague, Daddy." Yeah. That was. A plus quote. You like that one? You're going to save that one? You're going to tweet it later? Yeah, probably not. Probably not a good (laughs) thing to tweet. But I'm sure that screen cap will come up and people will love it. And, um, yeah, so that's how we're going to end this episode. And, uh, Nate, do you have any... uh, uh, Yeah. As a whole, as a series as a whole, as a series as a whole, what'd you think? I loved it. I loved it too, man. (laughs) Again, it was just like... I can't believe not only was it good, but not only did it exist, but that it was good. How do you that feel is, about uh, like the character arcs and everything that we that we went through? Everybody's individual this one. This show has had better character arcs than the books have had. Yeah, I would say so. Like, this is why... Maybe because it is just boiled down for television for an hour episodes, but also 15 hour long at episodes. The, at the same time, though... I can't even say it simplifies things because that would just be doing what the comic books do where it's like, here are these freaks and we're going to do crazy shit. And it's like with the TV show, it was like, we're going to like make you cry and care about these characters. And then they're going to do some wacky shit as well. And we're going to be like, yeah, Doom Patrol. And it's like, there's so many things that this show 
did well for the people who love the books, but also did things well, which is the whole reason we have TV shows. And to begin with, any TV show, it's like we really cared about these characters episode to episode. And it's like, yeah, they could do whatever crazy, wacky bullshit they want in the season finale. The point is, though, is that we care about these characters to do it. And it's like that's that's been the, the golden gem of this show is that it exists and we love the characters that exist in it. And we want these stories to con- continue going because we're being told good, great stories. And that's all that's ever really mattered with comic books is that we enjoy the stories that are being told. And so as a whole, it's been nothing but a blessing and a joy. And the writers who get to write it have been doing nothing but putting their love into the show. And we get to talk about our love of just do patrol in general. So, um, just to bring it back to what you said, it's both validating and, and super pleasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an absolute delight. So good. Um, do you have a favorite character? It's Rita Farr. Rita Farr. It's Rita Farr. Good old April. Good old April Bowlby. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely was not a character I was looking forward to at all. I was like, this character is here. And I think they kind of brought that up in this season finale. It was like, here we are, the two worst people, like the worst people here or something. And I was like, it kind of reminds me of how we kind of started the show where it's like, who really cares about these characters? And then it was like Rita Farr who gets Mr. Nobody to save the day. I was like, I almost felt like there was something self-aware of like Rita Farr being a character introduced as like the turned up nose like mm-hmm. washed up celebrity and it was like the sh- Arya stark if you will it's kind of true yeah we know true yeah or sansa sansa didn't kill the night king mark yeah, spoilers but she, be- yeah, but she became queen of winterfell they seceded from the kingdom yeah, she got it to secede was there a war that ever happened like that was there was there ever a fallout between the north seceding you're gonna have to read a history book or call david you're gonna have to read a fucking history book <laughs> Or call David Attenborough again. <laughs> again. Got him on speed. Sorry, mate. Looking for lizards running from snakes. That was my David Attenborough. They, they moved. Uh, they so moved away from the back. from the ocean, and the sharks jump, and they got on the land with the lizards. Like Galapagos Island. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up today's episode. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol and the Facebook group. The DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, we can join us to talk about the season of Doom Patrol. Each episode, if you want to talk about a specific episode or character, talk to us about anything, any DC property at all. Tell us how your day was going. Tell us if you, uh, you know, bought a new toothbrush or something and it's really working out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Or teeth whitening um, procedures that you find that work well. Maybe you chew on a lot of ice and maybe you want to like brush your teeth with some sensitive toothpaste that oh. helps your teeth. Sensodyne. Yeah, I didn't want to say brands. Or Tom's. You're Tom's. Or We're not getting paid, but yeah. I've heard some good things about Tom's. So yeah, it's uh, this is the end of season one of Doom Patrol. It's been an absolute blast. Thank you guys for listening to us yammer uh, about a sh- comic book that no one really cared about before. Have you used that word before? Yammer? Mm-hmm. Did now. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you guys. Uh, we'll catch you when we catch you. Yeah. Again, thank you guys so much for joining us here. Um, we just couldn't thank you enough. And we'll see you when we see you. DJ, play us out. You're nobody till some. As the saying goes... 
all good things must come to an end. But for the Doom Patrol, the fight against normalcy doesn't take a vacation. Until next time, nobodies, you've been listening to Doom Patrol Radio. When you're growing old, the world is still the same. You never change it. As sure as the stars shine above.